0: Serious XM Sports presents... At the Races with Steve Bick.
1: Horse Racing, Handicapping, Interviews. This is At
2: the Races with Steve Bick. A very good Thursday race fans. Sirius 162. <laughs> XM 207 Sport Zone Online 9.99, <laughs> and at our website, not yet uh, at the website, SteveBick.com. Uh, probably later today, uh, getting the uh, kind of a reorientation of the uh, of the stream service. So, uh, I think yesterday we got the the archive went up at about four o'clock. All right and uh probably even earlier uh today so uh probably i, I think tomorrow stream will be stream service will re- be restored uh speaking of restoring service <laughs> the uh, uh the tote system let, let let's see about the tote system restoring service uh, quite a uh fascinating circumstance yesterday matt hegarty is going to join us in about 12 minutes 10 12 minutes uh to talk about what transpired because there's there's obvious uncertainty although it sure feels like uh it it is a scenario with uh the flooding of some pools uh in in far-flung locales that includes harness uh and uh, crazy i mean really uh uh, as as matt's headline on the story reads large and suspicious yeah uh this is you know this is this has happened in various uh sets of circumstances sometimes and I'll let Matt flesh those out. I mean, he's got he's got a, a long history of tracking these kinds of uh situations. But uh one thing that of course makes this even even more pronounced uh aside from the you know, aside from the specifics of the the wagers. I mean, you're talking there were wagers I mean that were completely out of whack. Uh the hundreds of thousands uh, it, it, and pools, you know, that just that <laughs> that made absolutely no sense, uh, including at Monticello and the Meadows in Pittsburgh, and uh, Superfecta pools uh, and a Pick Five pool. There, there was this was wild. Finger Lakes, uh, it, it, it was smattered all over. Churchill, you know, Churchill immediately uh, put a hold on the distribution of a super high five play that was in the the fourth it, it, this is this computer you know computer generation and uh, you would assume and uh you know haywire uh out of, you know uh, i'll let matt discuss it i can tell you that i reached out in, in a few different directions matt was the first uh, was the first to you know fully report on it and uh the uh the uh the um oh, for goodness sakes uh the various entities that might be tracking this um Specifically, and and I I don't know I don't know if he wants me to quote him or not, um, but I did reach out to Curtis Linnell at TRPB, and he he said TRPB doesn't have any authority on this, and the uh, there won't be any statement from them uh, that it's an an area that essentially the the racetrack associations uh, themselves and any regulatory agencies uh, in the states that monitor along these lines. It's their arena. So we'll let Matt uh, Hegarty flesh that out. Uh, Matt, very familiar with these kinds of uh, circumstances uh, over the years. seems more pronounced given you know the volatility of uh internet protocols and so forth so uh, and hacking and and whatnot i mean this, this is you know this is obviously access to pools that uh and and batch wagering and whether it's a you know whether it's a mistake or so i yeah, i somebody was talk- somebody made some suggestions about what a i uh influence might do to these kinds of systems too so we'll let uh we'll let matt uh, i'm gonna i'll turn it over to him uh give you a, a rundown because we got a busy uh we got a busy morning uh Chris block uh, who could not join us yesterday uh after you know we had that pair of of tributes to Bob Lothenbach and uh, so we'll get we'll get Chris's appreciation uh, in this hour. I as if as if being you know I, I were speculating that at you know 68 uh, was the initial number that was suggested, and not that that you know is is any better than what it turns out to be. Um, Bob Lothenbach was 64. I turned 64 on Monday. Uh, i mean this and 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 Sid and I were kind of uh as a post uh show you know reaction and and as the you know word spread of of bob Lothenbach's passing i mean this is a monumental as much as neil pesson you just were listening to the replay as much as as much as neil pesson's uh appreciation cited it and sid's the, this is a monumental loss and I, I i mean to think at the age of sixty four i mean Bob Lothenbach had decades uh, of you know activity in the game and uh particularly you know the the venues the the mid american venues that he has competed the you know as i mentioned yesterday the you know the importance to Uh, Canterbury's program and, you know, Minnesota uh, racing and and breeding. And and this is really uh, heartbreaking. Uh, And you just probably heard minutes ago, Neil suggests that he he did not sense necessarily that, you know, the family will go on with it. So Chris Block later uh, in this hour. Uh, Gary Palmisano is going to join us around 10. And, you know, given that we're going to be on Thanksgiving break next Wednesday and Thursday at least uh, and maybe Friday. Um uh, I don't know yet. A lot of times a lot of times I I'm, I'm ready <laughs> by by Friday morning to to get you know to get rolling um uh, and, and it's a good weekend. I mean, the Thanksgiving holiday weekend uh and and this period is 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 a lot of good racing. I mean, if you're nobody can complain. Honestly, nobody should be complaining about the field size and and the quality of of spots uh, i mean if if you you know if you're looking for good opportunities they're out there and uh in fact the 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 weekend cards the saturday cards got drawn yesterday Del Mar and uh aqueduct etc churchill already had uh had drawn and i was trying to uh make some determination about today's therograph visit uh jeff franklin Actually, uh, you know that Jeff is dealing with a with you know kind of a health uh, situation. So he had uh, some follow up this week to what he was dealing with, and uh, so he he won't be on today. So probably won't hear from Jeff for two weeks. Uh, but I'll I've got a couple of races to uh, to look at the Hill Prince uh, Saturday. Uh, at uh, at uh, aqueduct and at Churchill uh the Chaluki. I love Chaluki. Uh, good cards, good cards everywhere del mar too uh, del-, del Mar kind of holding back in you know, other they got they got some Calbred action and uh, kind of holding back for the Hollywood turf festival, but anyway, Gary Palmisano. At top of our two, uh, we'll address this Churchill Turf situation. Uh, they're not happy, uh, and the, in concert with the the jocks, they're they're not happy with the the, the way the turf course is playing. And, and uh, apparently, you know, horses getting over it. It's being described as loose, and um, this has really been a, a problematic uh, topic, obviously. So, uh, Gary will address that. Uh I reached out to him you uh, know days ago in advance of tomorrow's opening at Fairgrounds and uh super as we mentioned with the with Neil Pessen. Uh terrific start to the to the meet it looks like uh three stakes and you know one thing I always say about fairgrounds, I didn't slip it in yesterday. There there's no racetrack in the country. I mean every track has races uh, memorial races uh no track has a greater sense of duty uh to the horsemen and the community and uh, everything associated uh with their own you know with their own history as a racetrack than fairgrounds and uh that's quite evident, you know. Right away, uh, tomorrow, uh, and and in fact, uh, you know both of uh, the cards already that have that have been drawn. So uh, you've got you know what three I think right yeah the the door the uh, the Doris, uh, and uh, the John Villeen. Memorial, uh, as well as uh, the Donovan Ferguson, all tomorrow. Nice card to get the uh, season going. So we'll talk with uh, Gary about that, and actually we'll look ahead because uh, uh, Turfway. When it comes to the Turfway season, I guess we'll have a window, but we'll we'll let Gary uh, also uh, tip the hand a little bit about. Uh, turfway. turfway there's actually there's uh something i, I want to reach out to walker hancock uh there's that program that they're going to be doing with claiborne uh at uh turfway. i'm sure we'll touch on as well so gary palmasano jr we'll get to tony black uh joe clancy today and and sean them, i was trying to get both clancy's uh to get you know kind of a thanksgiving message from them uh and and you know the this audience, of course, very excited about the Clancy Christmas tree. Uh, <laughs> so we we know that Joe's going to join us. Uh, not sure about Sean. Uh, Dave Hill, of course, later. And uh, NFL Week, what eleven? Yeah, Week Eleven. And uh, finally, one of the most anticipated visits of the year. One of everybody's favorite. favorite segments celebrity chef neil kleinberg we're probably going to have two chef visits before thanksgiving because i'm not going to miss a chance to have to have frank bryson on uh but neil clinton street baking company we've been doing this my god eight nine ten years uh neil's going to join us we'll see if there's any new trends anything that you need to be out in front of a week from today, Thanksgiving, our favorite. So, Neil Kleinberg later. Matt Haggerty, Chris Block, Gary Palmasano Jr., Tony Black, Joe Clancy, Dave Hill, Neil Kleinberg, and I. I wanted to get uh, I, I wanted to get uh, Seth back in. Uh, we'll We'll see if we can't find Seth uh, before the uh, holiday. <laughs> 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 Sean Clancy is uh, Clancy nobody nobody brings out I I I'm very proud I'll I'll say this to Joe I'm very proud of the fact that I I Barb I'm, I'm able to <laughs> to play straight man to Sean Clancy right I I Clancy, to me Clancy is never funnier than than when when I when I give him those volleyball setups that that's <laughs> Let's get Haggerty in here, and uh, then we'll, start, we'll also look at some racing. We're running today, by the way. We're we're in the uh, sixth at Aqueduct. Now, I toyed with going down, but uh, it, it a little too much going on. Uh, so we'll we'll watch along with everybody else. But uh, you know, the turf season you know kind of got uh, kind of went a little sideways for us. But obviously, they're dealing with the same thing at, at uh, in Louisville. And, uh, you know, only a handful of turf races left in New York uh, through Sunday. Uh, I'm anxious to hear from Hegarty. I also uh, also reached out to Paul Matisse. Paul, I think, was the first person to, uh, that was, while he was watching uh, the action yesterday, I think he was the first person to, you know, kind of send up a flare that uh, the pool, you know, that there was a pool anomaly is is, is Anomaly—a good word. Uh, we'll we'll see if we'll see if Matt Hegarty agrees. Uh, uh, when I I just called I just called yesterday's uh, toad action an anomaly, but uh, seems like it was uh, more than that. Matt Hegarty, good morning. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk.
1: Good morning, Steve. I'm sorry I wasn't listening to the the prior speaker, so I don't know uh, what the segue uh, involves. But I'll be happy to talk about what I do know. So
2: well, there, there's no, there really wasn't. I I just you know I opened the show talking about it and saying that you were going to come on. I also mentioned that I reached out to Curtis Linnell and TRPB uh, has got kind of a. They, they, I'm sure they're investigating, uh, but they're they're it's not their bailiwick essentially uh linnell saying that the uh jurisdictions and the racetracks uh, themselves uh the associations that were affected would be the ones uh to look to to comment why don't you tell everybody what you encountered and uh, the nuts and bolts of what happened yesterday
1: yeah so um obviously this spread like wildfire um uh through the racing community because the size of the wagers which were bet into uh super exotic pools or at least the ones that that really set off the um the alarms were bet into super exotic pools at uh, harness tracks uh and at finger lakes uh in addition to uh to churchill downs at some point in the afternoon um the totals were so stratospheric uh that no one um, no one who knows anything about paramutual wagering, uh, wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be shocked, uh, by what was going on. They did instantly set off, uh, red flags at, uh, at Curtis's unit, uh, at the TRPB. Um, and you did have one track, Churchill Downs, uh, which had $750,000 go into its super high five pool, um, actually hold, uh, hold the payoffs, um, so these were going to be noticed, right? Um, which is where, um, which is where it gets confusing. Um, if you were going to uh, try to try to pull off a betting coup, uh, it helps not to be conspicuous. Um, so uh, it's kind of confusing as to what the uh, the grand strategy, if there was one, um, behind these bets. Now, according to uh several officials uh the bets that went into the Superfect and super high five were bet uh using all all all, all uh in the Superfect, and then one more all in the super high five uh and they weren't uh a bet at a small denomination uh they were at large denominations multiple times um uh, so you're guaranteed to generate a bunch of winning bets. The only problem is you were driving down the price uh, of the payoff by betting at these huge combinations. And these are in pools in which you can sometimes take down the entire pool at the minimum denomination. If you looked at the second Finger Lakes one, it was one uh, or three of positions in the super uh, were horses that were, um, that were long shots. Uh, you could have taken that entire pool uh, with the 10-cent bet. Um, so everyone is kind of scratching their heads. Um, there could be some nuanced strategy I don't know about um, where this would lead to either, um, either a positive return um, in some sort of bizarre way. Um, but what we saw yesterday... Was that they instantly generated attention, and the betting strategy that was used would not be a betting strategy of someone who had a good knowledge of how parimutuel markets work. Uh, so this is this is odd. Um, it, it's very strange.
2: It, it does it does it. I mean, if it was one venue and one race and one big large denomination, it. it, it which we have seen in the past, it could feel like then it's an anomaly and a miscue, uh, you know, from a, you know, a, a maybe a batch better. But the fact that this was happening in in a variety of pools and in 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 two different, you know, in in two different uh, sports, in harness and in, and in thoroughbred. I mean, that part of it makes it makes it interesting. Uh, I mean, and obviously the the, the first you know, early uh, assumptions were and have been that this is, you know, computer batch betting, uh, CAW gone wild. Uh, uh,
1: No. um, That is not what happened. Um, The interesting thing about this is that um, you know, those CRW programs are just sitting there waiting, right? They're waiting for a betting opportunity to show up. Um, I do have the exact ticket detail from one of the one of the races and um it looks like the crw's got triggered when the bets went in because now there's all this liquidity in the pool. Um and they're saying, okay, the computers themselves, they're not saying it, but the the algorithm algorithms say work off uh get triggered once a pool reaches a certain size. Uh and then they devise a betting strategy based on the, you know, win odds or the will pays and, and and say the exact pools, um, to come up with the bet. It looks like the CRWs were triggered in those pools. So while the person did bet an extraordinary amount, person or persons, um, an extraordinary amount in each of these pools, it also uh, triggered other people and CRWs to start looking at them and putting their own bets in. Now, those people would have gotten screwed because the person had bet so much that you know, you looked at that one superfective to pay It was twenty two dollars on a ten cent wager, right? Right. Um, um, so, right now, it's a confusing situation. What we do know does not point to any sophisticated attempt um, to to wager off this. Um, I think it's. I think it's important to look at the FanDuel statement that that cited both. A technical glitch and potential fraud. Um, it is possible that someone was able to manipulate uh, an account balance. Um, if that account balance, you know, suddenly went from a thousand to, you know, uh, three more decimal places to a million, um, perhaps your strategy was to churn a bunch of money. But it was still going to be noticed. And how did you think you were going to be able to withdraw it? and if you were able to manipulate an account balance why wouldn't you just try to withdraw it without betting huge amounts of money into the pool right none of this makes any sense
2: no what happens from here how how do these uh, you know how, how are these being uh, tracked and i mean obviously you got kentucky involved you've got pennsylvania involved new york uh and yeah new york pennsylvania and kentucky would be the three jurisdictions right
1: right yeah so at this point you know the accounts were shut off uh they were shut off mid-afternoon uh we know for sure that the accounts were uh the account was active for at least right a half an hour um uh probably more um and so they know who the person is right um you have to provide detail, detailed personal information to bet through any account wagering operation. Um, and so TVG FanDuel will be doing its own uh, auditing and investigation. But because these de- did happen, licensed horse races, uh, the racing commissions will also be involved. Um I don't think there are many racing commissions in which this is their expertise. Um, They will certainly have plenty of data uh, to look at. Um, And you absolutely know that TVG FanDuel is interested in finding out what happened. Um, Even if the bets were based on a fake balance, right? Some of them got paid off, but it would have kind of gotten paid off in fake money. It's kind of like, you know, investing in cryptocurrency, you know, you've got a bunch of fake money and then you just sold a bunch of fake money, right? Um, So it is, it's, like I said, it's only been, what, you know, 17 hours or something since it started happening. Um, And the, what did happen um, leads to, to so many more questions because it just does not seem like Anything you could get away with, um, and the strategy employed, as I said, <laughs> looks, on the face of it, to be ignorant of peer mutual, how pure mutual markets work.
2: Well, uh, th- th- it'll be this. This will be interesting. Uh, the obviously the interest, uh, you know, from the horse playing community. Uh, you know, it, it triggers certain concerns, Matt, about uh, pool integrity, and and you know, especially in light of of data breaches, and uh, you know, we had that conversation. Actually, had an interesting conversation with Ed Martin, uh, you know, in in light of what went on in Vegas last what last month or six weeks ago now, and uh, you know, so people get you know, people get instantly uneasy. But this, but this sounds like like that. Potential. It doesn't seem likely. You know, um, you know, yeah, maybe
1: rephrase it. I'm not
2: sure what you're what about you're about data breach or 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 uh, you know hacking elements. I mean, you, you you did include that, I guess, as as part of the you know potential uh, you know potential outcomes or or you know sources of uh, of what went on when you mentioned right. you know, somebody reaching and finding a you know, an account, but it, it, yeah, it, it's, um, yeah. And even if you did this, say, in, in say a smart way, let, let's
1: say if if there's a way to do it smartly, right. Um, then you were doing it at small denominations, uh, and you were still using the all, 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 all right. Uh, at some point, you know, W2Gs are going to be triggered depending on the investment right. you would think one would hit, you know, at this, you know, there, there, uh, I, I, I'm trying it from this angle too, where it's like, well, what about, you know, evading taxes or money laundering? Yeah, the investment is so huge that, yeah, you're not going to trigger the W2G, except in a really weird circumstance um, because the payoffs are so small and you bet so much money. But let's just say you were doing it at small denominations, but you were still using the same structure of the bet, the all, 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 and, and all, right? Um, and it looks like some trifecta and exacted pools, I need to say that, were targeted as well. Uh, so we don't know much about those yet. Um even if you were doing that at some point uh the internal systems are going to say hey we have a better here that is just cash like superfecta after superfecta let's look at the ticket data and find out somebody's betting all 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 and that is not a good long-term betting strategy if it was then all of us would be doing it um you know they're going to get caught at some point um or someone is going to be looking looking at it very, you know, very closely. Um, so it, it boggles the mind right now and I, I you know, I have been thinking about this, you know, since it started and I and I can't come up with a strategy and I've talked to people and they can't come up with a a strategy here that that works in the long term.
2: <laughs> uh yeah i mean i i see you know i see different uh theories and ideas floated uh it it's uh so it, it basically it's a curiosity uh un, until we get uh, a, a wider explanation
1: uh right yeah but, but we do know you know as far as i have been told we do know this was not a crw that went haywire we, do, we do know that yeah
2: there you go um well, I, I, Matt, I, I, uh, I appreciate. It would be kind that.
1: of a cruel cool narrative, though, right? That if an AI just, you know, went insane. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> what that, right?
2: exactly, right? Yeah. It, 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 it yeah. that yeah. would be like uh...
1: it's the, the first CRW to to actually um, uh, get a gambling addiction, right? <laughs> um,
2: uh, yeah, that AI, the AI is all excited. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah.
1: it, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what support group you have to go to if you're if you're an AI with a gambling addiction. So
2: it, 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 yeah, it's, it, it's going to be a, a kind of a cross uh, Across a few different lines. And while I've got you, Matt, too, uh, I expect we'll see you at, at symposium. Yeah. Excellent. All right. And maybe, uh, you know, given that it's two and a half weeks away, uh, we'll probably, maybe we'll know more. Um,
1: yeah, you would hope that, that we would, you would hope that this is pretty easy to unwind, right? Um, uh, you, you have the culprit, um, you know, who did it. Um, Hmm. you have all of the pool and individual ticket data. Um, you would hope that, that FanDuel, um, is going to be, you know, invested in transparency on this one to tell everyone what happened because trust in the paramutual markets is is you know if not the the top uh, priority for for the racing industry, it should be right. Um, no one's going to bet into into markets that are showing uh, this much unexplainable volatility. Um, so we just have to hope that that, that Fandula is committed to to a transparent treatment of this uh, i know that's an overused word and i'm not particularly fond of it uh transparency but in, in this case uh, uh they definitely should should let everyone know exactly what happened
2: yeah exactly and 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 i, I haven't really discussed the uh, the pool integrity uh conversation uh since uh since the white paper that that uh, Pat Cummings uh, offered up a couple of years ago, he did a series uh, about pool integrity. Uh, but uh, you know, this obviously, you know, this is a this is a tangent uh, from that conversation. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see uh, the outcome. Uh, Matt. Additionally, while I've got you, because I I uh, didn't get a chance to talk to you last week, uh, I had uh, Frank Angst. Uh, and we referenced your Breeders' Cup handle piece uh, as part of the conversation about the one that he offered up, which was kind of a, you know, kind of a, Little opinion missive. Um, you know, you dove into the dollars a little bit more in detail, and I I am curious to to have you flesh a little bit more of that out. Because um, one thing that didn't seem to be discussed uh, as part of the suggestions about the uh, the BC uh, handle was uh, the field size uh, and and you know the the problems that uh, might be associated with uh, you know horses basically you know X'd out by the veterinarians uh, give everybody uh, your conclusion yeah,
1: in total right in yeah in total the field sizes were not um, were not impacted to a large degree uh, I understand it that, that um, you know the the scratches made it um, made it look like that right but you had 99 in the nine uh, Breeders Cup races on Saturday, if I'm remembering right, at 93 this year. Uh, so that that is, you know, getting close to about you know 0. 0.75 of a horse per Breeders Cup race. Um, but that that, and, and you're definitely going to see some fall off, right? Um, but for the most part, um, you did have uh, full enough fields, right uh, the the handle um, the handle goes down um, at a much higher rate when you're cutting from seven to six to six to five than it does say from 11 to 10. Right. Um, so, um, this was a head scratcher for, for me as well. Um, you know, worst case scenario, of uh, the Churchill fatalities, um, um, you know, is a worst case scenario for the, for, for the racing industry or just eroding, public interest or trust, uh, is the worst case scenario. Um, but I think there were a couple things, um, that you don't normally think of that would be affecting this one was weather, right? Um, I do spreadsheets for all the triple crown races, plus all the Breeders' Cup races every year, uh, pool by pool. Um, and if there's one odd one that you always have to think about, um, and this especially affects, say, the the uh, the Derby, Preakness, Belmont, where you're looking at one race. Um, but I do the full cards on those as well. Um, if it is gorgeous weather uh, on the eastern seaboard, uh, you know, or east of the Mississippi, handle numbers generally go down. Hmm. Um, people in the afternoon um, that might be sitting at home on a rainy day that do life racing um, – Their soccer tournaments are not getting canceled. Their kids' soccer tournaments, uh, there's a bunch of stuff that you can do outside. So that, I think, is a factor. But you're still also looking at the fact that when the races are held on the West Coast, you do normally get a big bump from that because the races are held later in the day for those East Coast people. We didn't see that. In fact, we saw a big contraction. Uh, Last year's Breeders' Cup handle set a record. Um, it was strong across the board, uh, just about everywhere. So if you compare it to the, uh, was it Del Mar uh, two years ago? I believe it was, um, they were kind of comparable, but they were still down from, from that. Uh, you have an inflationary economy. Uh, you do have at least, uh, the middle classes having their, their budgets, uh, strained quite a bit over the last couple of years, um, so, could there be an overall effect of the uh, of the weakness uh, in discretionary income from the from the middle class right now? That could surely be a factor as well. Um, Breeders Cup has said we're taking a look at it. They would not answer my specific questions um, after the Breeders Cup. Uh, speaking of transparency, um, and so we'll see what happens. The obvious big one, big question I had. What are you going to do with the classic next year, right? Yeah. Um, is it a good idea to hold two Breeders' Cup races with very limited media coverage uh, after the classic? Um, I did read Frank's piece, who said that you know those two races um, were actually up a small bit when you compared them right. to the two races before. But uh, and I, Frank is great. Frank knows what he's doing. Uh my opinion is the proper way, uh that's not a proper comparison uh because of the race order um that you would have to kind of look at the last two race handles um of all previous years to see how much they're above um uh, preceding race handles. It's complicated analysis, uh, but you saw massive obviously drop-offs just on a race-to-race basis um, based on their position in the card. Um so I think there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of moving parts to the analysis of that, uh, and race order is one of the big ones. Uh, NBC is locked into that Big Ten contract on Saturday night, so we are going to see um, the Classic uh, go off uh, at early evening uh, for the next three years. Uh, two years, sorry, um, at least. So we'll see how, we'll see how they, they address that.
2: It, it, I, I'll only suggest that that part of, of the, the handle uh, issue, uh, and and particularly for Saturday, uh, the the dirt the dirt fields, Matt. The you know the uh, when you look at that sprint, you look at the dirt mile. Uh, it, it it sure feels like consolidation would benefit. It would, you know, as opposed to you know the way this icing is being spread on a sheet cake, I it, it I'd, I'd rather have you know a 14 horse sprint, uh, you know, than than a nine and an eight uh, of those two races. I mean, I think it, they're hurting they're hurting the the multi race wagers, the doubles, the pick threes, the pick fours, the pick five. Uh, you know, the distaff uh, it, it didn't you know didn't have a full field. I mean, the the turf races. They're drawing. They're they're full. It it's it's the dirt races that are suffering and I and I think impacting uh these numbers.
1: Yeah, and, and obviously uh you know the forty some Europeans that came over uh this year, uh I, I wasn't prepared for, for this conversation. So That's all right. please please I apologize if my numbers are wrong. Obviously those are targeting the turf races, right? Yep. Uh with the dirt races you're you're basically Using the American population plus the Japanese population, um, what the Japanese send over. Um, But totally my opinion. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I liked it better when uh, uh, the first breeders' cup I went to, I wasn't in, you know, I didn't have a job, was the Sandito one at at 93. And uh, uh, I can remember every race, um, and that's because there were seven of them um and you know having the the one day um one day event you know what is the proper size of the breeders cup now seven is probably is probably too few considering the different divisions we have uh but 14 seems to be spreading it a little thin
2: yeah agreed and um I, I, don't know, I don't know how they put the genie back in the bottle, uh, to be honest, uh, yeah, because even, even a race like the Philly and Mare Sprint, which is the, I think, uh, I think if we go back to the Monmouth, it was the Monmouth Breeders' Cup that had the first expansion, if I'm not mistaken
1: yeah
2: that was first two days sure and uh when they started adding uh the races but uh it was 11, you know. it was eleven back
1: then wasn't it
2: I think that's right that sounds right yeah. um uh, yeah. because uh we then you know then we, we had it was the, seven and four right i think it was seven and four with that first
1: six, the first two two year
2: well because you had the Philly and mayor sprint and the Philly and Mare turf were the were the first two uh you know Saturday. Races, uh, the, and actually, the dirt mile must have been added then too, because there was the uh, you know rather humorous mile and forty yards, uh, you know, uh, uh, as, right. as the yeah. distance, yeah. or mile and seventy, uh, right. which uh, I remember caused some snickering. Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, to me, pairing back and and filling out the fields and making, you know, making them as as big as possible uh it, it would benefit and if we had less races to bet uh we would we would bet them you know more heavily so that's just that's my yeah opinion. i
1: you know personally i i don't bet two two year old races very much um over the last um say you know going back ten years um i've been Increasingly reserving my bankroll for Saturday. Um, you know, this is this is a day just like the Triple ground races where you know if you don't hit a race, you, you are stretching your bankroll. If you're a you know if you're a cautious um, uh, player um, and and have limits on on what you can do, um, and it, you know it when you see. As we did on Friday, where you had just so many long shots, um, there was, you know, there wasn't any churn. That was my big theory on Friday, right? Interesting. Uh, is that nobody was cashing any tickets. No, so mo- no wonder you're seeing handle eroding. But then Saturday's results made me think about it again, because then you, all you had were favorites. That's right. Um, and and you saw you saw handle you can all handle a road in places you shouldn't, um, you know, in, in the multi race, especially vets. Um, um, so it, yeah, it was it was a it was an odd it, it was an odd handle result on on a lot of different fronts. Um, uh, and so we'll just see how Breeders Cup reacts to it.
2: Uh, Matt, uh, another topic uh, you wrote frequently over the last week and a half: uh, the Arizona situation, and uh, this continues to evolve. and And it seems like slow, steady progress is being made on uh, this, you know, th- this revitalized uh, Turf Paradise plan. Uh, bring everybody up to speed on on, on that because I haven't addressed it.
1: Yeah, I would, uh, I would say if, if you're a journalist or, or a long-suffering uh, horse racing fan uh, in Arizona um, and, uh, you know, cards on the table, uh, I am from Phoenix. Uh, Turf Paradise was my, my home track. Um, then you would have to have doubts about an announcement of a new group coming in to, to run racing there uh, and be committed to, to racing. Uh, but then, you know, I was on the racing commission meeting, last week and their chief state steward um, said, Oh, I've been by there and there's these repairs going on. Um, uh, You wouldn't be repairing something that you want to tear down, obviously. Um, uh, So even in the short term, you know, maybe there, maybe there is some, some hope for, for turf paradise um, running, but uh, you, you just have to remain skeptical until um, until they have horsemen on the grounds and a condition book out. Right? Um, we'll, we'll we'll have to see. Um, but this group does say that they're coming in to race. Um, the situation there is one in which if you if you do race, no one else is racing there with the exception of Rihito, um Then you do control. Um, the simulcasts through the off-track Betting Network year round. Uh, it's actually not a bad market for uh, for uh, full card simulcasting. You can generate, you know, quite a bit of money there. Um, can it work at the price we think Turf Paradise is being bought for? Um, a lot of people I talk to say that if the number is around that 100-120 number, uh, it's very hard to break even, even with the full-card simulcasts. Uh, so long-term future, you still have your doubts. Um, but short-term is certainly looking looking better than it did, say, uh, whatever it was, late September when right. a buyer just came out of the blue, right? Like literally out of the blue.
2: Very much. Uh, but the, the fact that uh, HBPA. Went ahead and and <laughs> to to pull from uh, Congress, uh, we had a continuing resolution, right? Uh, yeah. From-
1: <laughs> yeah, continuing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's. Uh, so now this is timecasts are still available through the end of the year. Um, the buyers say that hey, we should be able to to get this thing done uh, by middle of December. Uh, the only problem is the licensing process, uh, how long that takes. Uh, and then also certification or accreditation uh, from uh, from HiSA. So, uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, it's by no means a settled matter, and we'll we'll just have to keep watching
2: uh let me also you mentioned Heisa, and uh you uh, had both sides or both uh both uh, pieces that uh, are corollaries uh when it comes to uh the regimate uh situation and tally lynch uh with the two two year suspensions and then uh, simultaneously uh Heisa, uh reclassifying uh, you know the the products like Mary Mare and 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 Regemate. Uh, what 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 did you make of uh, those two parallel track stories? And what do you expect uh, to happen uh, as as Lynch uh, and her attorney appeal uh, the arbitrator decision?
1: Yeah, well, you know, when when she's appealing that decision, um, you know that just because they're they're planning to reclassify it if the rule change does get approved by the FTC doesn't mean that the new reclassification applies um so that is going to be a high hurdle uh if you read the arbitrator's report uh it seems that uh lynch was not uh entirely uh truthful when she was speaking to either investigators or the arbitration panel Uh, i think that hurt her case quite a bit um so she's going to face a high hurdle going to the FTC. Now, maybe they can say, well, at the time that this case was being adjudicated, right. we know that HISA was having discussions with its Horsemen's advisory group uh, who have veterinarians who say that uh, the extra label use of this in geldings and intact males uh, does have a benefit during layup. Right. Right. Um, the line from Haiza is that if you have a horse that um, uh, that came out of surgery or something like that uh, or is uh, is otherwise on the farm that it's okay to use this uh, in this controlled environment right so you know would Natalia's horse testing positive uh, after a race at a concentration that does appear as if it was if it was administered within 24 hours of the race um you know would she would she be eligible for exacerbating circumstances here under the controlled medication i don't know right. um you know their reclassification at least the wording they were used using made it sound like they were going to apply it to a prescription use for a horse colt or intact male um uh, after uh, or during a layup period right uh, I don't know how they're going to enforce that. Um, so uh, that's where it's really nuanced, right, in Natalia's case. Um, um, I, I don't. Like I said, I think it's it's a it's a high hurdle for for her to to escape to escape some sort of meaning meaningful punishment for for the two violations.
2: Matt Hegarty, everybody, the Daily Racing Forum, of course, uh, the hard news. Uh Correspondent uh, that uh, is is as busy uh, as Dave Grenning and Steve Anderson combined. Uh, no, that is not <laughs> true. No. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, have, I, I, I'm curious is there is there going to be coverage of uh, the coronation of uh, the of the uh, the owner that uh, named himself commissioner of the industry?
1: um i am assuming you're you're, you're not, right um so i know uh as much as i um as as much as I avoid twitter uh, um, as much as possible um we have seen just because I've had to check some stuff related to uh the the uh the bets uh that he seems to be holding a lot of polls out there asking people you know um various questions about certain things so um uh, so at least we'll, we'll get a better understanding of what the Twitter public thinks, which is probably not worth much. So. Well, I,
2: the, the, uh, I, the, there was actually uh, a very funny uh, rejoinder uh, of, of a poll. Chris Larmy uh, d- uh, he, he managed to distill uh, Rapoli's concerns uh, to being uh, the, the uh, purse for the Derby, uh, the field size of the Derby, and the vet policies of the Derby. The, the, those seem to be the three priorities <laughs> that Mike has has, <laughs> has cultivated.
1: Yeah, well, you know, um, you know Mike, Mike has brought a, a very smart, uh, very tenacious guy on board with Pat Cummings. Um, uh, I know... Uh, and, and Pat, uh, I'm, I'm friendly with Pat, but even when he when he started, uh, when Craig um, uh, actually started, uh, you know, the Thoroughbred Idea Foundation, right. uh, I, I did not have um, uh, I did not have a whole lot of you know high hopes for them right. uh, getting getting stuff done. But you you, you really. You really have to say that does the does the breakage bill get passed without Pat doing all the research and lobbying on no. it here in Kentucky? No, uh, he brought attention to to some issues that that um, that that resulted in um, uh, in meaningful meaningful discussion uh, backed up by by good data. So you, you do have to say that if Repol, uh is serious about this, at least he has a. Uh, a good guy, uh, at, at the top of his, uh, um, uh, right. I can't find a word. I i don't want to put scare quotes around, uh, organization,
2: let's say the flow chart yeah. on the flow chart. There we go. No, I, it, it, it's well-intentioned and, uh, and, and Pat, uh, it's obvious that uh, this is going to be kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a, a parallel, uh, Track, uh, you know, Pat will will take it. Will be very serious, and 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 Mike Rapoli will be a little bit more, you know, fun and and uh, and flippant yeah. about that. Right, so. right, yeah. Matt, I look forward uh, to seeing you in Arizona, and uh, waiting for we'll watch uh, your for your bylines and uh, your reporting on uh, this uh, tote frenzy, as I called it. And uh, happy Thanksgiving
1: uh... thank you thanks for having
2: me on always great matt hegarty everybody who is uh... just so good uh... chris block is going to uh... join us here uh... before we talk to gary Pomisano, g pal the prince uh... by the way speaking of princes uh... i did notice uh... i did notice this morning that uh... darren rogers uh... sending out uh... birthday wishes it, Davis, Davis Rogers. Who, those of you listening on the show over the years, you know that you know that Davis basically grew up on the show with his his annual Derby pick, um, and uh, it, it, I saw this morning that Davis is turning eighteen today, which is like insane I, I, I it crazy to think that he's 18 so happy birthday Davis uh, I can't you can't call him little D anymore if he's 18 years old I uh, gonna go uh, to Louisville a few times uh, as mentioned because uh, Gary Palmasan will join us next but uh, Chris block is uh, visiting first and uh, yesterday Chris uh, the, the very sad uh, news and and the more we think about it uh the potentially devastating news uh, of Bob Lothenbach's passing at the age of 64, and uh, Sid uh, Fernando paid tribute yesterday. Sid worked uh, for him uh, on the matings. Uh, then Neil uh, Pessen joined us, and I thought of you and Ian and uh, Wilkes and, and Carl Navsker and, and Joel Burnt, and uh, then everybody on on breeding on the breeding community side in, in, Mer- in Minnesota. I mean, this is this is just <clears throat> so sad
0: yeah it is hi Steven. uh it's a uh, it's a major blow to uh to all of us that were close to bob um he was uh a very 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 loyal client of mine um i, I think it's been twenty to twenty five years i trained for him wow um and uh the special connection i had with bob was that uh i did uh i i my most of my success with Bob was with the homebreds not the ones he bought at the sale and he knows how how close my family is to the breeding part of it as well, and uh so we hit, we held, held a connection there um as far as uh you know very proud of the horses that that he was able to breed that were went on to be successful, whether they were uh, just the uh, the good old uh hardworking horses on on an, on a week on a monthly basis or the the greatest stakes winners um but but the the thing that I know and remember the best of Bob is is that he just let us do our job. And uh, he never, ever entered in with a question uh, on anything where he would say, what are you guys doing? And uh, this is, doesn't make sense, or or let me add my two cents to this. He he left us alone, let us do our job. Uh, he, he, after a race, win, lose, or draw, it was the same Lothen, Bob Lothenbach. Uh, win, lose, or draw, he was happy uh, to win, and he was not sad to lose because he'd just say, let's uh, – buckle up and try to do better next time. So um, not only for all of us that were uh, worked for him and, and were his friend uh, in the industry this, for the industry as well, this is going to be a huge loss.
2: I, you know you mentioned the you know the quarter century uh, association with him and you know yes. yesterday with Neil uh, Neil cited you uh, as and credited you with uh, basically uh, getting overflow horses uh, and uh you know having the opportunity to train uh, for Bob Lothenbach back and and then ultimately end up with with his first grade one horse. Uh, and I mean, Neil was anguished, obviously, uh, as well. But, uh, you know, you helped spread the wealth, essentially.
0: Yes. Well, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful for Neil for saying that because we, uh, Neil and I are very good friends. And, and uh, that's exactly how it how it came about. Uh, that um, it, it actually kind of started with Vicar. Uh, I brought Vicar down from Hawthorne to run a Keeneland. And, uh, in the Queen Elizabeth, went in the Neil's barn. And I think it just kind of, um, it just kind of took off from there where, uh, Bob got to know Neil. And, and next you know, Neil, uh, had some horses for Bob. And then it built up to, to, uh, something that kind of on a small scale. But then it got to be very bigger toward, uh, uh, toward the last couple of years, last few years here. Bob, uh, Neil's had a lot of horses for Bob. And, uh, and I know they've enjoyed a great friendship as well. So, um, it, yeah, it's, um, it's pretty darn tough on all of us. And I, you know, I as Joel burnt. I talked to Joel yeah. yesterday. He was very emotional when I talked to him yesterday. I've never heard Joel like that. Oh, no. uh, and his connection in Minnesota. I mean, Bob, you know, Minnesota racing and breeding is uh, going to have a huge hole in it. Um, Bob was uh, so dedicated to that program up there and, and to Canterbury Park. Um, and Joel, uh, Joel had really, uh, he really entrusted Joel with, with many, many horses to do to, to to race as much as possible because the meet isn't very long there and try to win as much as possible and and they they were very successful and you know joel had, joel told me last night he said you know chris uh bob would come to the track and we we'd, we'd had talk business for for 10 minutes then the rest of the time was running horses and just having a good time and um and that's what bob loved he he when, when he was at the track he just wanted to come there Enjoy watching his horse run, but also he'd bet every other race on the card and just enjoy the day.
2: Yeah, one other thing that uh, that Neil uh, said uh, post race conversations, win or lose, thirty thirty seconds.
0: <laughs> yeah, that Neil's hundred percent right. They would not; they were not very long. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it was uh, you know he had so much going on in his life and so much in the business world that uh, he, he'd take the time to jump away from what he was doing to, to take my call uh, and uh, hear what happened, and then he'd say, Chris, i got to get back at it. So uh, Neil's right. It wasn't very long. That's correct.
2: Uh, and, and, you know, you, j- just the fact that, that, that you put it in that, you know, that he had to get back, in other words, back to work. And, uh, you know, yesterday I, I – you know, my first reaction, uh, very similar to the one we had when when Paul Pompa and I was close to Paul Pompa, when you know Paul s- sells his business, uh, uh, you know the guy that worked 18 hours a day, uh, you know seven days a week for 35, 40 years, sells the business and dies six months later, and and, and this has that same, has a kind of a similar feel, right? I mean it, it, that that yes. I, I just. I mean, this is a guy that that should have had you know 25 more years of of you know not just not just involvement in the game, uh, and, but you know with family and and so forth. I mean, Neil talked about uh, how the you know a lot of the horses would be named after uh, the kids and and you know uh, the family members, and I, I just you know we 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 can't afford you can't the industry can't afford to lose people like this
0: yeah and it's uh, you're correct steven i i I told this to uh to neil and i also had the discussion with chad stewart and chad chad oh yeah uh in in ocala Ocala. and yeah and he has all the yearlings and i ups and and i i mean at any given time uh, chad would have anywhere between 40 and 50 head horses for bob and uh at, at his facility there and we always said we always said that uh you know, I and I and I believe, and when Drew Nardiello worked for Bob as well, sure. we we always t- Drew and I would talk about. You know, boy, I hope we never lose Bob wow. because uh, you're not going to be able to replace this this uh, this man uh, on all levels of uh, not only the, the 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 industry and and the business of horse racing and breeding, but as a friend as well because he truly was a good friend.
2: Uh, uh, uh what horses uh come to mind I mean, early successes and and as things evolved uh you know with with you and and mm.
0: well of, of course Vicar probably is is uh one of the ones at the top oh, yeah she yeah she she uh she vaulted right to the top and and and, and was a homebred and and uh got my, my first grade one win and Bob and his family were there for that, so I, you know, that's that's a memory I'll never forget. And and then uh, and then the old blue collar horse, uh, Mister Mardi Gras, was one that Hmm. really that really stuck out because uh, he was a millionaire and and won on uh, uh, numerous tracks and different distances and um, and another homebred. So um, you know those those two, and then uh, probably Captivating Moon, even though he didn't win much, he was always a a major conversation between Bob and I on how to. How we could get him to win, um, and what races made the most sense. And, and, um, I, I'll never forget, uh, I'll never forget, uh, when I had, um, uh, had Captain Van Moon as a three year old, I had a race picked out for him at, at Arlington and, and, uh, he, uh, Bob, Bob never asked for anything. He never asked for anything. But the one thing he did ask, he said, Chris, can you please bring him to Canterbury and run him in the Mystic Lake Derby? It's in my backyard. Uh. I said, Bob, I said, you don't have to ask twice. He'll be there. And, uh, we were third in that, but a a strong closing third, but, um, uh, it's the only thing you ever asked for. And, 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 you know, Steve, the the thing, uh, the the one other thing I want to add also is, uh, he was very, very giving when it came to the sales. He let us do, he let us pick them out and he let us set the value. Um, he was a little involved in the breeding part of it, which I thought was great, but, um, he set the value, and you went into the ring, and and you know sometimes he'd he'd, he'd said you know if you want him so bad let's, let's go a little further and get him, um, but it, that's something I'll never forget too because um, uh, that I think I don't you know I'm not I don't go to the sales much uh, for other clients, but for for that experience it, it made it very comfortable to go down there to Keeneland or wherever we went to look because you knew he, he was going to have your back and, and it was going to be. Uh, Trusting you to to pick out what you think uh, would would help further his racing stable,
2: you know. And, and, and you mentioned the car because uh, I remember I remember her w- with Chris Clement, right? In the second half, was that a second half of her career? Did she go? Yes. Was she acquired? Yes.
0: yes. John John and Sarah Kelly. Uh, uh, we sold her at the uh, Night of the Stars as a uh, after she won the Queen Elizabeth. Um, wow. I, I really, I really don't think, uh, to this day that, that Bob was real happy about selling her. Um, but, um, <clears throat> her value was, uh, I believe she brought 2.8 and I, and, and I, and I, I do remember, I do remember that evening, um, and, and Drew Nardiello and his, his staff had consigned her and, uh, Bob, he called me, uh, probably about a 30 minutes before she was going to the ring. And he said, uh. He said, uh, "Hey Chris, you need to go over and tell Drew, uh, uh let, let's let's just set the reserve at uh, I think he said 2." And and I was like, "Oh, I'm now I'm in the middle of this." So, uh, <laughs> so I, I I ran over. I, I, I walked I walked briskly over to the barn and Drew came out and met me out in the middle uh there before I ever got to the barn and said, "We uh, I've already talked to him. We're not changing the 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 reserve." and uh, she she exceeded the reserve i think the reserve was 2.5 but yeah john and sarah kelly bought, bought her and uh, went on and do did quite well with her actually with christopher Clement. but um that i and bob i don't think uh, ever sold another race mare i mean like bells the one went through the ring and, and, and he bought her back he just uh he was he if there was one thing that i that, that i think bob probably probably uh was uh a little over the top with it was he just didn't want to give anything up and he said, and i and it just he built and i don't and that's not a fault by any means he just built up so many horses that he wanted to to build an empire of of not only breeding stock but racing stock as well so not many of them went to the to the sale ring
2: well uh as we as we talked yesterday with neil uh, we kind of uh, got around to uh, some of the horses, and uh, I'm going to talk about the Chaluki later. And uh, she can't sing. Jumped off the page. Yes,
0: yeah, so well, I, I should have mentioned her as well. I mean, she can't sing. Is this is be her last her last race, and she's going to uh. uh, become a broodmare. Um, so um, she's had not the best of year this year. I, I I opted to bring her back for one more for one more go of of another season, and uh, it's nothing nothing physically with her. It just hasn't been the right races and. She's probably uh, regressed a little on the grass, but she has an affinity for, for Churchill. Um, she's, uh, she won this race last year, albeit it was a, a little softer spot uh, than it is this year, but um, uh, she's doing really, really well, um, and um, I'm anxious to, to give her one more chance uh, to see what she can do, uh, and she likes to mile out of the shoot there, Churchill, so um, she's been a special one for as well. Yet again another homebred. Um I haven't had a lot of success with the horses I've bought for Bob, but I've had a lot of success with the homebred. So um I'm real proud to to go into the into the paddock to saddle her on Saturday uh, evening and um and give her one more chance to uh hopefully go out with uh with something positive as she heads off to another career.
2: Well, that would be uh, that would be ideal, and of course, uh, the, the ones that Neil is saddling this weekend as well at uh, at Churchill, and and then on to Fairgrounds, and uh, uh, you know, the winter. Obviously, it's going to uh, it's going to take some doing to figure out uh, how as far flung an operation as uh Lothenbach Racing uh how they're going to proceed so uh yes it would certainly be if this is her last race on top of everything else uh she's she has made 38 starts coming into saturday uh, the 6-year-old bernardini mare and uh she's made uh 875,000 uh so on top of everything else if she wins she'll be a millionaire Right. Yeah, that's right. Wow! Wouldn't that be special? All right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think there's enough. I, I, I think there's enough juju involved in this now to to, <laughs> to, to put her over the top. I hope, Chris. Uh, well, uh, I appreciate it, and I know how difficult it's going to be for everybody. You mentioned Joel, uh, burnt, and uh, and you folded in Chad Stewart, and I, I mean, I the, the more I think about, it, I haven't reached out to Ian yet and to Carl. Uh, it, it's uh, th- this is a there's a lot of tentacles uh that that are involved here not to mention all the charities uh that that he gave so generously to so uh as always somebody of this uh, racing attracts quality individuals like bob Lothenbach and and we hate losing them
0: there's no doubt about it and uh uh that you're you're right uh, steve he, he there's a lot of tentacles to bob loathenbach and a lot that people don't don't uh don't realize but uh it, the industry lost uh, a phenomenal uh, uh, horseman, breeder, um, and owner, and uh, all of us lost a dear friend as well. And and I appreciate you taking the time to to pay tribute to him.
2: No, it's uh, that's an imperative, Chris. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Um, typically, I bring up Illinois and stuff, but uh, we'll save that uh, for uh, for a victory recap uh, conversation. All right. That no, sounds sounds great. Thanks, Steve. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. I appreciate it, Chris Block. Everybody and uh, the Block family, of course, uh, as as big as Lothenbach uh, has been to Minnesota, the Blocks, you know, uh, a, a major building block uh, of Illinois racing. Let's uh, let's stay in uh, in Louisville, and uh, I want to get to. Before the break, uh, Gary Palmisano Jr., G. Pal, is going to join us. Uh, it' uh, big couple of weeks coming up here as uh, we get uh, we get the opening tomorrow of uh, Fairgrounds, and of course, uh, Gary's. Well, Gary's got he's got two hometowns. He's got the Ville and he's got uh, Nola, so he's he's fortunate in that regard. Um, but he can he can speak lovingly about uh, the action on Jantilly that kicks off tomorrow, and then uh, on ten days later, they're going to get going uh, for the winter season at Turfway, uh, and of course Turfway has been kept open uh, and used as a training facility uh, that has been feeding into. Uh, you know Ellis and Churchill and Keeneland and, and Kentucky Downs, and now they'll get the you know they'll get their season rolling. Uh, Gary, good morning.
3: Good morning, Steve. How are you?
2: I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Starting to you know starting to look at Thanksgiving. Everybody knows that I'm a bit of a of a Thanksgiving freak. Uh, it's one of our favorite things, uh, but. Uh, uh, certainly this season also uh, plays heavily down in New Orleans. Uh, everybody's getting ready to, you know, a couple more weeks of racing at Churchill, and uh, you know, then everybody will you know, either stay home and turn their attention to Turfway, or they'll maybe head, to, like Neil Pesson was with us yesterday, paying tribute to Bob Lothenbach, Chris Block was just on. You know, they'll start to head down to New Orleans. We'll talk about that in a minute, but let's uh, first address and get your uh, update on the turf situation, uh, that is now, you know, essentially scuttled, the uh, racing the last few days, uh, at the downs.
3: Yeah, no. Um, you know, I think uh, there's been a couple of media reports, uh, talking a little bit about it. Uh, you know, basically it, it just, uh, it feels loose underneath the riders. It, the horses aren't quite grabbing it. Um, they're kind of you know like like i said the riders just feel like it's uh it's just loose is, is the word they keep using and and you know, we're just not uh not ready or not not thinking that it's where we want it to be right now and it's not where it needs to be to sustain two and three turf races a day so we're sort of just scaling back and um taking it day by day and and picking our spots of of when to try to when to try to use it obviously disappointing it was a huge you know investment on our part to try to, to try to have a state-of-the-art course that uh, you know that uh, would would meet the the demands of increased racing and you know we're gonna continue to evaluate it we've got a number of experts and consultants and everyone on the ground here sort of trying to trying to look at it but yeah i think we're we're not satisfied with the current condition and again just feel like it's a little loose underneath them, and uh, we're going to take it day by day and, and see if we can offer some racing over the next couple couple two weeks, and do the best we can over the winter to, to evaluate it and have it ready for spring.
2: And, and uh, I imagine, uh, especially with the two year olds, uh, how much and how much stake action uh, remains on the on the calendar. Did we lose Gary? Gary. No, I think uh, yeah, maybe that's a drop. That's a call drop. Let's get him back. Um, let me see here. I'll go to. Uh, let me. Uh, there we go. Gary, got you back. No, not
3: at all. The Mrs. Revere got the Mrs. Revere in the Commonwealth there okay. next week, which are two important, uh, two important grass stakes on the calendar for the fall meet. So, you well, know, those are obviously of of importance to. To try to get out there. So yeah, I think it's it's a day by day decision, and uh, you know, we're going to do we're going to do obviously what's what's uh, you know open dialogue with our riders and and make sure we're we're being overly cautious.
2: Well, I mean, was was this uh, was this basically generated by by the jocks?
3: I think just just conversations between the the jocks and management. I mean, just again, it just uh, not meeting our satisfaction.
2: Sure. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. In the meantime, let's uh, let's turn our attention uh, down to New Orleans. And uh, one, one thing that does when it comes to grass uh, <laughs> look terrific is the turf course. Uh, at fairgrounds and uh, after the salination issue from last year uh they they spent i guess the whole summer you know once uh once the jazz and heritage festival broke down uh everything was basically focused on on getting that turf course ready for t- tomorrow uh and it, sh- and it looks beautiful from from every indication and and report that we're getting
3: yeah, no. Uh, you know, we had the hiccup last year. Uh, to your point, as soon as the season was over this year, we we brought some folks in down there um, to make sure we crossed every T and dotted every I, and that that horse was was restored back to the condition that we we know it it can be and it should be. And I think, to your point, by all by all accounts, uh, we're ready to rock and roll tomorrow.
2: I've got uh, I've got the card in front of me, and I mentioned, and I, I say this all the time: there's no racetrack um, that that pays tribute to uh, participants and and community uh, like fairgrounds does, um, and, and that that includes. Uh, a race uh, for your late father as well. Uh, talk about the program and the season and the anticipation as uh, we kick it off tomorrow at Fairgrounds.
3: Yeah, I'm personally extremely excited about the winter meet. Um, we've got some fresh faces on the trainer side coming down. Obviously it's been documented that Larry Rivelli will have a big presence, um, a number of uh Number of new folks uh, from Kentucky, Whit Beckman, Carlo Bacaresa showing up down there. Um, Armando Hernandez, who's an Illinois uh, mainstay, and you know our our, our trainer colony was always um, you know cream of the crop with with Brad and Steve and you know Mike Maker and Joe Sharp. I mean it's. Uh, it's a who's who of horsemen down there. We rebuilt two barns, which allowed us to to have eighty or so new new stalls to be able to bring in some fresh faces and um, you know really kind of just rejuvenate the the trainer colony a little bit down there and uh, and and eager to see uh, eager to see how how all that shakes out. We've got a, a strong riding colony coming back, um, a number of new riders showing up um and yeah i think there's just a, a renewed enthusiasm for the race meet there and it's going to be uh extremely exciting um to kick off tomorrow and, and obviously the the highlight of of the season down there is the three-year-old season uh you know again produced a kentucky oaks winner pretty mischievous i think might have hit all three uh oaks preps down there um Two fills was second in the Derby. He came out of the Risen Star. Disarm was fourth in the Derby. He came out of Louisiana Derby. Angel of Empire was third in the Kentucky Derby. He came out of the New Orleans Road. So, over the last couple of years, um, I can I'm pretty proudly uh, proudly boasting that the the road to Kentucky is in both the, the boys and the girls divisions have been pretty prominently through uh through new orleans which is exciting and then the the new addition to the meet down there this year is the claiming crown on december 2nd which will be uh an exciting day of racing and and we're thrilled to have that day back
2: very much and I, you know, we should also include uh, you know the Louisiana Bred program especially uh you know these next couple of weeks you, you look at a card like tomorrow's and you see the stakes you know you got the 2 year old uh you got the 2 year old Louisiana Bred Maiden race but then you've got the races for the uh, uh like the Ferguson which is 2 year olds uh 2 year old fillies on the dirt uh you've got uh, the Louisiana bread uh, I think are, are both other steaks on, on the grass? No, one is on uh, the, the other two are on the dirt. Uh, so you got three steaks, Louisiana breads, and then a Louisiana bread made in special uh, on the on the nine race card. so the, the, they're all full fields uh, more or less. so, yeah, 14 here's a 14 horse the ferguson's 14 the maiden special uh 12 with four aes uh, the a bear is uh, got 11 uh i mean the nine uh, as as well in the other stake so the louisiana bread's helping fill out the cards
3: yeah early on in the meet obviously a lot of our horsemen still up here in kentucky so it's louisiana bread heavy and to your point, all of these uh, all of these stakes races perfectly align as preps for Champions Day, which is the second Saturday of December. Um, so this gives these horses an opportunity to get a, a trip over the track and, and prep for um, for that big day for for the Louisiana Breds. And, and you're exactly right; the Louisiana Bred program is. Um, you know, one of the stronger breed incentive programs around um, offers a number of opportunities throughout the meet to to compete uh, in stakes company. And uh, and yeah, it's definitely a, a Louisiana flair when we when we get open early down there and have the ability to, to offer some preps for the for the big day for the Louisiana breads. So um, you'll you'll definitely see that. But I think there's a, a pretty high quality. Um, open uh, two-year-old grass race down there. I saw Mark Cassie had a couple horses in it, and the usual suspects. So, so while the stakes action is pretty pretty keen to the Louisiana breeds, there's there's a sprinkle of uh, of what's to come there from the open horse side as well.
2: Uh, and I'm just trying to pull up the uh, trying to pull up the stakes calendar, and uh, there we go. Horseman information uh, because I want to give everybody the uh, the weekends so that they can uh yeah I got them right, here right you got them. go ahead. Pull them out if you don't mind. Hey, there we go. Uh oh. hang on. There we
3: <laughs> so um the the first Dirt Road to the Derby prep series is uh it's December twenty third. It's that Santa Super Saturday card that we offer uh the Gun Runner. Um, and the first, uh, you know, Road to the Derby series there. Um, I am doing the same thing you are doing. I got now. it. I got Soon. it now.
2: Yeah. Took, okay. me, took me a minute. Uh, kickoff, yeah. December 23rd is the kickoff uh, with, uh, you know, the Tenacious, the Richie Shearer, the Blushing KD, the Gunrunner, the Untappable, uh, the Buddy De Deliberto, and the Sugar Bowl, and the Latelier. Uh, then we come back with... Uh, January 20th is LeCompte and Silver Bullet Day, Day, um, plus uh, you know the turf races and the Krantz and uh, the, the Colonel Bradley, etc. Uh, my favorite, and the one I usually get to, uh, is uh, Derby Preview Day, of course. Risen Star, Rachel Alexandra, the mine shaft, the fairgrounds, uh, etc. And then Louisiana, that's February 17th. Uh, and then March 23rd, Louisiana Derby Day. Uh, itself and uh just uh, uh take your pick folks because uh you, you, you can't go wrong
3: yeah i know you're right they, and you you come on the on the good one that risen star card traditionally falls around mardi gras which is you yes. know excitement in the in the city and um that that weekend with the rachel the rachel alexandra has been a phenomenal um kentucky oaks prep uh prep race and then over the last few years, the Risen Star, um, you know, has been a a, a true key uh, Kentucky Derby stepping stone. So, so you you definitely as a as a seasoned veteran would know uh, know the time to come for sure.
2: Well, and the funny thing is, the it, it, after many years of of Risen Star visits, where it was either the weekend before mardi gras or the the weekend after i i finally hit it uh it was last year or two years ago when and and i i really was in the teeth uh this year again though it is uh it is right on top and the mardi gras steak itself that tuesday uh is february 13th so yep. uh then the 17th so if, for those that are booking if you're and, and i'm glad i looked at this gary uh, for those that are thinking about it, you better get in front of it because the hotels are impossible, and uh, you better you better yeah, make your move. It's a little
3: move. better. Th- it's a little better this year. To your point, last year um, the Risen Star was the Saturday prior to yes. Mardi Gras day, so, and that was the that was the ultimate daily double there. Yeah. Um, so you've got a you've got a chance to to have a little bit of a uh, you know I, I think about the grant foresters of the world they'll be able to recover from burgundy <laughs> day to uh, tourism <laughs> star day at
2: least uh pretty good <laughs> and, and 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 the city will the city will almost be cleaned up by Saturday. Then? Almost, almost, yeah. Almost. Uh, uh, but,
3: no, look, really exciting meet uh, coming up. Eager, eager to get going, eager to see some, some new faces down there and our, our old stalwarts. And uh, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, I've got a lot of uh, anticipation for, for what's to come down there.
2: Well, and of course uh we've got Kevin Kilroy and we've got uh, uh Joe uh Christofek will be down there as soon as Churchill wraps up uh, just looking also at this calendar uh the race for your dad is january sixth yep we'll we'll be there uh, along with the Nelly menard, uh menard and uh, and the bob wright uh, the, the, as I've said before uh, it's quite a it's quite a trifecta uh and no no venue pays tribute to uh, uh, the contributors and the legends uh, on the scene like they do at fairgrounds. Uh, Gary, let's uh, also take the opportunity to look ahead to Turfway, which uh, the anticipation you know we talked about this last year too. Uh, you know with the building finished and uh, you know with with the purses uh, brimming, uh, there's plenty of horsemen and owners uh, that are are staying home. Uh, and we'll be operating uh, through the winter at Turfway.
3: You no, know, spot on. Um, you know, Turfway should uh, should maintain similar purse levels to where we were at last year. Um, similar to fairgrounds, we've got some fresh faces uh, that'll be on the Turfway scene uh, this year, including um, Tom Amos will have a division up there. Josie Carroll will have uh, a Turfway contingent of, of woodbine horses, traditional. Um, you know, synthetic type horses. Uh Phil D'Amato is going to keep a Kentucky division here year round. You will have a string at Turfway. Uh Kelsey Danner will be a, a key player. Cherie DeVoe, just to name a few of the uh of the new trainers we'll have there. Uh from a riding colony uh, perspective, a number of new faces as well. Um you know, Gerardo Corrales will sort of be the, the front-runner for leading rider there, but Adam Baskitza stays home this year uh, at Turfway. Uh, Abel Sadio comes over from California. You've got Tyler Connor and and a couple of folks coming down from Presque Isle. So a, a number of new horsemen, uh, both trainers and jockeys. And uh, obviously, you know my uh, as a horse player myself, I get fired up for the multi-race exotics at Turfway that on any given night, um, are just, uh, are just bonanza, you know, five, five figure payout. So we're gonna, we're gonna run nine races a day there as, as long as, as we can continue to maintain those field sizes, which will allow for, uh, two pick fives, two pick fours, and, uh, and plenty of chances to score. So, uh, from a horse player perspective, um, Turfway is, uh, is a really fun puzzle. You've got uh, you've got horses trying synthetic for the first time. You've got you know, trainers there that uh, for the first time. It's uh, on any given night, uh, thirty or forty thousand dollar pick five payout is, is absolutely possible if you can connect the dots.
2: Well, we should also mention uh, some of the key dates as well. Uh, if you've never been for the Jeff Ruby and for the Bourbon at Oaks, one of my favorite named races, uh, and the Kentucky Cup Classic, of course, uh, March 23rd is the date uh, for this year's Jeff Ruby, which is now up to 700,000 and uh, is also... Uh, uh, in terms of points for, for Derby and Oaks, right. Uh, Between the trophy and the Bataglia, they're getting points as well leading into the Ruby and the Bourbonette.
3: Yeah. Sneaky, uh, sneaky Kentucky Derby performances out of the Jeff Ruby. You had two fills last year. He was the Ruby winner. And then the year before you had rich strike coming out of the Ruby to, to show up huge on Derby day. So, um, you know, another race that over the last two or three years has, uh, Has shown up on the first Saturday in May.
2: Well, we're going to hope to show up, and I think uh, Martin, you know, uh, haven't been for probably five years uh, for the uh, for the Ruby, and um, and I'm just uh, I got I'm going to think that this could pay off. This could really work out because it's the week. I think it's the week after Vegas. So uh, I I I think uh, after we come out of uh, out of uh, the NHC. We can uh, make our way to to the tri-state area. Let's do
3: it. Uh, come on down to Florence, y'all.
2: Uh, Florence, yeah. y'all is right. Uh, <laughs> is, and, and you know, as somebody who somebody who lived in Cincinnati uh, as a P and G uh, food service marketing division manager, and uh, I, I I love I love coming back to the natty so uh i will make every effort to make that happen
3: all right yeah i know that that sounds good and and again those uh ruby and louisiana derby are fall on the same day so we'll we'll ping pong back and forth with post times and uh and make sure that there's some creative stuff going on between the two properties oh, so that's a that's a fun day for us
2: so maybe a maybe a, a cross uh you know promotional did we do that last year did we have a we did. that's yep, right we that's did. right
3: so yeah so it'll be uh, another opportunity to do some stuff like that uh and really kind of try to try to have both of those both of those big days uh fully on display
2: well we're looking forward to handicapping them and um getting uh regular hey. visits in who's who's handling all the uh all the on-air stuff at uh, turfway
3: it's got Caitlin Free and I think Shap will make some appearances. Nice. Um and Kevin Kirstein handling uh the media side with with all of his uh his communications and, and speaking of communications, you know, one of the things we, we pushed out last week was the, the partnership with Claiborne Farm, yep. which I thought was pretty cool. Uh the Make Your Mayor series where there's there's three Philly and mayor stakes. In the early part, our December and January time period, you know what we see around here is, is there's a number of racing and broodmare prospects that are sold, you know, last week and this week here in Lexington, and um, you know the opportunity for those horses to to try to get a little more black type uh, before they hit the breeding shed next spring, and and a great partnership with Claiborne, who's going to provide credits to their stallions. So if, if you come over. To Turfway, and you you hit the board, run one, two, or three, in, in a couple of those stakes races that are part of that Make Your Mayor series, Claiborne will give ten thousand to the winner, five thousand to second, and twenty five hundred to third as a credit toward any of their stallions for for next season. So, um, a nice opportunity for for Mayor to to pick up a little black type and uh, and potentially get a little discount on a quality Claiborne sire.
2: Very cool, uh, and I am uh, going to try to get Walker uh, in advance of that too to to, to talk about it. A nice concept. Now, uh, Gary, uh, busy winter is ahead, and uh, still got a few weeks at uh, Churchill, including Stars of Tomorrow too, which uh, we look forward to after Thanksgiving. I will uh, wish you and and uh, and and the family the happiest of Thanksgivings, and. Um, We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you on the road, and uh, talk soon.
3: All right, and I and I hope you get to get to see Taylor over there at the Eagles game this week. I'll know, <laughs> know you be looking
2: for it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, she better, you know. As 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 uh, the, 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 she's got a problem. She's got as much of a problem as as the Kelsey mother because. Uh, She's from Phil- she's from the Philadelphia area and grew up an Eagles fan and uh, and now she's now, you know now she's involved which ah. with, with, it, it's a mess uh, and and, <laughs> and both both communities uh, n- nobody's even concerned about the outcome of the Super Bowl rematch they're, they're just that's hilarious. they're worried about what she's going to wear <laughs> whether she's going to wear an Eagles jersey or a it's a mess uh, it's very funny that's
3: awesome good <laughs> deal well thank thank you for that and uh, we'll catch up soon have a great holiday
2: thanks Gary Gary Palmisano Jr everybody. G. Pal, the Prince. Uh, we're going to take our only break. Let's uh, slip out, and uh, when we come back, we've got. I got to get to Tony, but I've also got Joe Clancy. We got Dave Hill. We've got n- Celebrity Chef. I, I don't know if he. I, I think he likes it when I call him Celebrity Chef. Uh, Neil Kleinberg uh, will join us to close out the morning, and we'll do our annual Thanksgiving meal. Tips and, and ideas and suggestions. Every year we kind of come up with uh, one or two interesting nuances, and uh, we'll see what's new in the in the world of turkey preparation. I'm going to do something different, uh, and we'll see what Neil thinks of it. I haven't told him sp- the specifics, so we'll see what uh, we'll see what he's got for us at the races. Second half on this busy Thursday. Sirius XM, back after this.